You are listening to The Wonder Podcast. My name is Lisa Clark, and I'm joined here each episode with my co-host, Chrissy Dunham, and we just want to say thanks for tuning in. Have you ever wondered what the Bible has to say about worry and fear? Have you ever wondered how to decorate an odd-shaped room? Have you ever wondered how to make a quiche with a sweet potato crust? Well, you're in the right place because we talk about all the things. If we don't know the answers to some of life's biggest, most wonderful questions, the guests we have on certainly will. So thanks for tuning in to this episode of The Wonder Podcast. Welcome to The Wonder Podcast. This is a podcast that is hopefully answering some of your questions of, I wonder what Paul was really like. I wonder what I can cook for dinner. I wonder how to find a friend in my new city. You just never know what we're going to talk about, do you, Lisa? You don't. I think we've covered all of those, right? We have. We've we've covered all those. It's just a fun podcast geared for women, but we do have several men listeners that we love having them listen. And it's just a good time to get together and talk about many things that women wonder about. So my name is Chrissy Dunham, and I have the privilege and honor of serving with my ministry partner, Lisa Clark. We are in the middle and the throes of summer. I have no idea when this is going to post, but it's hot. <laughs> it's probably going to air at the end of July, 1st of August. And, it's and still so it'll be hot be then too. Hot. Pete Delkis, so, my favorite meteorologist, said it's going to be over 100 all summer long. So just sit back and enjoy. Yeah. Try to just get through it. You know, just not enjoy, enjoy in the journey. Right, Chrissy? That's right. I just try to move from air conditioner to air conditioner. Yeah. But yeah, we are very excited to start a new book study, a book of the Bible, and we have chosen Colossians. So today we'll do a little intro of Colossians and we'll cover chapter one. So Lisa, why don't you start us off with your traditional in a nutshell? Yeah, so I love to study from the Holman New Testament commentary. And uh, I found out lots of good information about the Colossians. So the way I like to study the Bible, just to give a little bit of groundwork here, is listen to the chapter first, then read the chapter, then do my commentary. And so that's how I prepare for the podcast when we're talking about a book, a certain book of the Bible. That's how I prepare in my own study when I'm working on something. So listen first, read it, and then what do the commentaries have to say about it? So I use this Holman commentary, which I love. It's very good. And as I was listening to the Bible being read to me of Colossians, I started asking myself questions. Where is Colossae? Who founded the church? All of those questions, you know, where was Paul at the time? And so when you study that, you realize that this is possibly one of Paul's first epistles that he wrote, first letters that he wrote. And we know he wrote these letters while imprisoned in Rome. And so that's a good perspective when we're reading the letters that Paul wrote is to remember that he's writing this in chains to the church. Okay. And so that kind of, you know, it it gives you the setting of how these letters are being written. The church at Colossae was founded not by Paul, but by his friend Epaphras, and who uh, we'll talk about as we read the scripture here. Philemon and Onesimus are from Colossae, 
which is outside of where modern day Turkey is. So it's about 100 miles outside of Ephesus. Chrissy, do you remember visiting Ephesus? I do. I yeah. do. Yeah. We visited Ephesus when we went to Greece and Ephesus is basically Turkey. Yep. And we looked at a bunch of Turkish rugs that let that day and people were buying really fabulous Turkish rugs. Beautiful did you buy one, Chrissy? I did not, Lisa. I did not either. But they were beautiful to look at and hear the presentation. They were. It was a very cool presentation. So that's where Colossae was located. Let me see what else here is kind of interesting. They were they were known for manufacturing and exporting wool products, which is cool because these Turkish rugs are still going strong there. And it's written by Paul. And we know that Paul, I guess arguably is the greatest Christian to ever walk the earth. He was Jewish born in Tarsus. And so, and that's near the Lebanese border in modern day Turkey. So this is kind of his stomping ground. He was a Roman citizen and he was a Pharisee. So he was highly educated in the Jewish faith and law. He dramatically converted to Christianity around 35 AD and primarily was an apostle to the Gentiles. Because if you've read the New Testament much, you know that Peter went to the Jews primarily, Paul was to the Gentiles. And so, and then we know that Paul died around 68 AD. So that's just a little backstory. I always find those kind of tidbits interesting as you're studying a new book of the Bible. So here's what the Holman Commentary says about chapter one in a nutshell. In chapter one, Paul tells the Colossian believers, hello, Colossians. Timothy and I are pleased to hear from Epaphras that the gospel, which is growing all over the world, is bearing fruit in your lives as well. Because of this, we constantly pray that you stay focused on God's will so that your lives will be pleasing to him. Remember that Jesus, our creator and reconciler, deserves absolute supremacy in absolutely everything. I endure suffering and hard work on behalf of Jesus and his church to bring believers to maturity. So that's Paul. That's kind of what chapter one is about. So do you want to dive into chapter one, Chrissy? Maybe we could read the first eight verses. We'll do that. Would you like for me to read first? Absolutely. Paul an apostle of Christ Jesus by God's will, and Timothy, our brother, to the saints in Christ at Colossae, who are faithful brothers and sisters, grace to you and peace from God our Father. Verse 3, we always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you. For we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love you have for all the saints because of the hope reserved for you in heaven. You have already heard about this hope in the word of truth, the gospel that has come to you. It is bearing fruit and growing all over the world, just as it has among you since the day you heard it and came to truly appreciate God's grace. You learned This from Epaphras, our dearly loved fellow servant. He is a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf, and he has told us about your love in the Spirit. So this is basically just Paul greeting the group, just like you would in a letter. You know, hey, Lisa, this is what's going on. I'm hearing great things about you and your household. And he's thanking them 
for being faithful. We always thank God when we pray for you. So he's letting them know we're here. We pray for you. You never left my mind. And we we think you're doing amazing. And here's my favorite verse. You have already heard about this faith and the word of truth, the gospel that has come to you. So in other words, the gospel came to them and then look what they did with it. The gospel has come to you. I'm in verse six. It is bearing fruit Mm. and growing all over the world, just as it has among you since the day you heard it. And that's just a reminder to us that we have the responsibility. We have heard this same gospel, the exact same story that the church in Colossae had heard. And they had already told lots and lots of people because Paul was getting reports that your fruit is bearing. You are bearing fruit. This gospel is being told all around the world because of you. So I love that. I love that is so encouraging to hear when you hear about a church and all that's going on. For instance, the church Lisa and I attend, our students are at beach camp this week and they're probably on their way home. They're giving glowing, glowing reports of everything that's going on there and all the kids that have been saved and all the baptisms that took place, you know, in the ocean. And you're just like, I'm so proud of our church and the gospel and how they took over a thousand students that heard the gospel and they responded to it because of the invitation of another student. So it's just a great reminder that we have this huge responsibility with this gospel that we have heard, Lisa. And what are we doing with it? What is our responsibility? responsibility. Yeah. I think that's so good because I as I was reading this I kept thinking, you know, here's this letter that Paul wrote to them and who knows how long it took to get to them, right? <laughs> yeah. I don't know how far Rome is from Colosse, but it didn't get there overnight. It wasn't nope. a text. I mean, how often are we encouraged in our faith just by a simple text or an email? or a song. They didn't even have God's word at the time, right? They didn't even have the Bible, which is just so available to us on our app or, you know, physical or whatever. And so this encouragement that was coming from Paul was just so important to them because remember the new church, the first church was just, they were in the fire every day. And so to get this word of encouragement from Paul you know, had to just be jet fuel for them in their daily walk. I love verse three, we give thanks to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you. I mean, how many people in our life should we be sending that message to every day? You know, I'm thankful for you. I'm praying for you. How can I pray for you? This is just a great word to us to just, man, we've got to encourage fellow believers and and remind them of the gospel. You know, I don't know about you, Chrissy, but I need to be reminded of the gospel message. And this is what Paul's doing here. He's reminding them of the gospel message. How often do we need to be reminded of the gospel message? I would say every day. Daily. <laughs> Daily. Every day. We need to be reminded of this message. That's why we are we we're in God's word every day. That's right. If not every day. You know, every other day, or right. you know, as often as, much as, we as can, possible, as yes. much as possible, because we need to be reminded of the gospel message, which leads us to the next nine verses. Let's read nine through eighteen. 
for this reason. And, and as you're reading nine, as I'm reading nine through 14, if you're a parent, uh, think of this as a parenting message. If you're not a parent, think of this as a message to you from the Lord, which is a message from to all of us. But in particular, parents, I've shared this through the years, and I just think it's a great word to parents. Verse nine, for this reason, we also, since the day we heard of it, do not cease to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might, according to his glorious power, for all patience and long suffering with joy giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of His love, in whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins. Verse 15, He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. Can't you just see Paul reading and writing this? For By him, all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things. In him, all things consist. And he is the head of the body, the church, which is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he may have the preeminence. So Paul's preaching here. He's preaching and he's saying, okay, we've been praying for you. You are doing a great job. You're building yourselves up. But now I'm I'm hearing that there's some false teachers that have come into the group. And remember when the gospel was spreading through the world at this time, it was very exciting for people and people were going to hear these apostles and these spokespeople and they were being saved and people were just getting on the bandwagon. So you had some that were coming in that were not grounded. They had not been taught. And so now they're starting to teach things that really aren't the gospel truth. And we'll talk about a few of those in a minute. So this letter was to remind the the church at Colossae that, hey, there is one God. He is Lord over all of this. All we need is him. He is supreme. He is in control of all this. He is sovereign. There's nothing to be added to him, nothing to be taken away. He is the end all. And that was the message that he's given in these verses that certainly we've read so many times, especially the the 15 through 18. He's reminding them these these false teachers aren't elevating Jesus the way he should be elevated. Nothing has changed. Jesus is preeminent. And they were equalizing Jesus with other spirits and other dead spirits and things like this. And so it wasn't a good thing, but we, we read about false teachers in most of the New Testament epistles because they were very prevalent. And so these letters that Paul was writing were reminders, hey, take it back to the gospel. Take it back to the gospel. And it's the very same thing we're doing today. That's right. In our culture and in the world that we live in, it's so easy to get distracted from what the central message of the gospel is. And as believers, we can get taken away, taken away from the 
the main message of the gospel just because of things people are saying. In our own faith, in the Southern Baptist world, uh, their convention was a, a, a month ago, and you read all about different things that they were discussing. And you have to sit back and think, let's keep the main thing the main thing, which is what Paul is trying to tell them. Like, you know the truth. So when these false teachers come in, you should immediately have a check in your system. This is not right. That's why it's so important to be in the Word of God every day that you know the truth. You know exactly what the Bible says. You have such a tight relationship with the Lord that the Holy Spirit just gives you a little check in your system. Hey, this isn't right. This isn't the, this isn't the right thing to do. So Paul is in encouraging them because it's a combination of the Gentiles and the Jews. And this is all new for them. And they're trying to figure it out. And they have what they need. The truth has been spoken. So this prayer for spiritual growth that Lisa started with and that verses 9 through 14, I pray this over my family. Yeah. I pray this over my family because it is loaded with so many things. The Lord has enabled you to live out the gospel, but you need to be prayed for. You need to be encouraged. You need to be loved on. And that's what Paul is doing here. And then he just reminds them, by the way, let me remind you just the centrality of Christ. Like this is who he is. And my favorite verse to me, the key verse in this whole chapter one is 17. He is before all things and by him, all things hold together. Lisa and I just had a conversation earlier in the day that there are so many things going on just in my little life, things that I know of other people are experiencing. And I made a comment to her, I don't know how God keeps up with all this. (laughs) Well, here's the answer. He is before all things. So before these things even happen, he knows about it. And by him, all things hold together. So he's He's got the answer. He's got the victory, whether we think it's victory or not. Anytime we walk with him and live our lives in obedience to him, it's victory. That's where the victory is. That's where it is. And we may not like it and our flesh may hate it. But the truth is God knows what's best for us and we have to trust him with that. So I believe Paul is just reminding them, hey, God is above all of this and he's before all this. And it's just a great reminder of who God is. Mm. One of my commentaries actually said that this was a hymn that could have been sung by Paul and that you could put it to music and, you know, all these things just as a reminder that he is the beginning and the end. I'm going to pick up in verse 17. I'm sorry, verse 18. Is that where you left off? Yeah, 18 or 19, whatever you want to do. I'll start in 19. I think you ended in 18. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him and through him to reconcile everything to himself, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Verse 21. Once you have alienated and hostile in your minds, expressed in your evil actions, but now, He has reconciled you by his physical body through his death to present you holy, faultless, and blameless before him. 
If indeed you remain grounded and steadfast in the faith and are not shifted away from the hope of the gospel that you have heard, this gospel has been proclaimed in all creation under heaven, and I, Paul, have become a servant of it. So he's just wrapping up all that scripture that we read about who Christ really is. He's just reminding them that God was pleased to have God dwell and to have him reconciled to himself and that peace has been made. And because Christ died on the cross, we are free. Look at verse 22, but now he's reconciled you by his physical body through his death to present you holy, faultless, and blameless before him. I want you to know something. That's good news. When the Lord looks at you, when you become a Christian and he looks at you, this is what he sees. He sees holy, faultless, and blameless. That's who we are. Even though we sin, even though we have this nature of sin in our lives, when he sees us, he sees us as faultless and blameless. And that's the beauty of the gospel of Christ. And that is one of the things that I love to talk about is that he sees us as perfect. And that's hard for us to understand as a human yeah. being. Yeah, it is. And that's why this gospel message is so important for us to hear every day, because shame and guilt will take you down. And we've that's got right. to be reminded on a daily basis that our shame and guilt was nailed at the cross. And that's, that's right. the gospel message. And in verse 23, I just want to point out something where it says, if indeed you continue in the faith, that is better translated since indeed you continue in the faith because it's at, it's like where it's he's saying if you do this then you will receive this that's not what he's saying there the better translation is since you continue in the faith as you're continuing your faith these things are going to grow in your life and you will see this as a result I like that and so like cuz he's already talked about bearing fruit and that kind of thing Okay, so let's just finish the chapter here. We've got verse 24 through 29. I now rejoice in my sufferings for you and fill up my flesh with what is lacking in the afflictions of Christ for the sake of his body, which is the church, of which I became a minister according to the stewardship from God, which was given to me for you to fulfill the word of God. The mystery which has been hidden from ages and from generations, but now has been revealed to his saints. To them, God willed to make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Him we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. To this end, I also labor, striving according to his working, which works in me mightily. So he's reminding them here that ministry is hard just because we want the body to grow in their knowledge of Christ and mature in their faith. So we're going to continue to plug on. And he is saying, you know, I'm suffering. It's for you. It's for the gospel to take root. That's, That's why I'm suffering here. Remember, he's writing from a prison. He's been beaten, nearly drowned, walked thousands of miles, shipwrecked, imprisoned. You know, ministry is hard. There will be suffering. And Paul endured suffering for the gospel, for you and for me. The early church suffered greatly for the gospel to get that message to you and me today in 2022. 
And there still are many people in this world suffering to get the gospel message out. It's like Romans, I think it's one eighteen or 8.18, excuse me, for the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared to the glory that will be revealed in Christ Jesus. And Paul is saying there, we're suffering, we're all suffering right now. But, it, but when we see Jesus, it will all be worth it. So, so it's a powerful message here uh, from Paul, just encouraging this, this group of believers, helping them keep in, on track. Like I said earlier, we've got so many resources to us to study, and, to, and we still get off track, <laughs> right? you know. But I love in the Holman Commentary, it gives you some ideas here talking about salvation, because we do kind of take our salvation for granted. I, I I know I do. I'm just being honest. It just kind of becomes something I take for granted many days. And they give you a list of a Sunday through Saturday prayer, which is a cool thing. And he says, thank God for the blessings of, us, of, of our salvation. Sunday, thank him for grace. Monday, thank him for rescue. Tuesday, thank him for inheritance. Wednesday, thank him for redemption. Thursday, forgiveness. Friday, reconciliation. Saturday, hope. And I think that's a great reminder to just be constantly thanking Jesus for these things. It says, ask yourself this question, does Jesus have absolute supremacy in my life? And wow, what a question. Is it Jesus before anything in your life? Is it Jesus before everything else? That's the question, right, Chrissy? That's exactly right. When I review in my head what we just talked about, I, the biggest thing for me is that Christ has not changed. No matter what the view of the world is from where you are, no matter what state you live in, no matter what country you're in, the, God is the same no matter where you are, no matter what your circumstances are. And He is still on His throne and He still loves you and the gospel is still real and this mystery of who Christ is, there is hope in Him. So hope is what I hope you walk away with today, that no matter what the world looks like from where you're sitting, it seems dark and it seems grim, and all the things we hear in the news and all the things that's going on, you need to remember that there is hope in Christ, and He sent His Son Jesus to give us this eternal life. And like Lisa said earlier, nothing compares to the glory that we will experience with Him. Nothing. Nothing. So the enemy tries to kill, steal, and destroy. In fact, he does. He destroys every day. So we need to keep our eyes on the Lord, and we need to heed to what Paul is saying to this church, because we struggle with a lot of the exact same things. No, it's true. It's true. Is Christ supreme in my life? That that is a great reminder. That's almost something we should put on the fridge, right? Yes. Because when you you mentioned so many things changing in the world and we don't even know what a woman is anymore. We don't even know what a man is. Well, you and I do. Well, you and I do. Yes. <laughs> but a lot of people evidently don't. That's and right. And so you have to think, my goodness, this is a strange time and mm -hmm. the Bible is so important right now. Our Bible knowledge is so important. Somebody asked me recently, just asked a point blank question. I said, you know what? I just always have to go back to my Bible. I trust it. It I believe in the authority of the written word. It's and the only truth Bible there is. It's the only truth there is. It is. 
It is. So if you're not navigated by that truth, then you will falter. And I think that's what Paul's saying here. If you're not believing the truth and the gospel and the written word, then when these other people come in and start telling you what it what is, right? Which they're telling us all day long what is, then you're you've got to go back to your roots have to be so deep that you're able to immediately recognize false teaching, immediately recognize untruths, and just go back to God's word and and continue in it, you know, and letting that be your foundation and your guide. Because man, things are turned upside down right now. Yes, they are. And the Bible is where the truth is. It is a double-edged sword and it will tell you exactly the truth. And none of this is taking God off guard. He knows exactly what he's doing. And gosh, I pray he comes soon. But if he doesn't, if he does decide to tarry, our job is to be in the word and to preach the gospel to as many people as we can. That's right. Love God and love others. That's our assignment. Thank you all so much for listening to this episode of The Wonder Podcast. We are thrilled that you've spent this time with us. Just want to say thank you. We also want to make sure you're aware that we have another podcast called Raising Sinners. It's on the Christian Parenting Network. And we would love for you to join us there, too. If you've got kiddos or know someone who does, check us out at Raising Sinners, the podcast for parents. And lastly, Chrissy and I also want to just thank those of you who have been so generous to support our podcast ministry. If you're interested in doing that, we would love for you to go to chrissydunham.org and click on the party table. You can make any size donation and all of those proceeds go to help us with our podcast ministry. So if you've done that before, we thank you, thank you, thank you. And if you'd like to check it out, please do. So God bless you. And thanks again for listening to this episode of The Wonder Podcast. Podcast.